0: The Morning Struggle Podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Activate. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan, so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned.
1: So um, every morning for the last week, I'd say, I've been trying to placebo mindset myself into thinking that I rested well. I told you about this the other day.
0: Yeah, because we've been doing our 5 a.m. wake-ups, and some nights or some mornings, it's a little rough.
1: Right, because like yesterday, we got up at 6. This morning, I ended up getting up at 5.30. You got up at 5. Right. Um, let me tell you how well that's going for me. Big zeros. <laughs> <laughs> but it's But at some point, I know it's going to get better, and then the placebo effect will have worked for me. And therefore, when I use the placebo effect in the future, it'll work better.
0: Whatever works, right?
1: What I don't, I don't even Whatever care. Works right, well, right. And then we have the time change. And so I don't know how that's going to throw down.
0: You spring back. So, no,
1: you, you spring forward.
0: You spring forward. You fall back. You fall back. You spring forward. Yeah, it's going to so be even it's harder. It's going
1: to be even harder. Yeah, yeah. So that's super fun.
0: Yeah. So, we're, this is the Morning Struggle podcast. Right. And we talk about the habits of successful people. Right. And then we talk about them one at a time so you can implement them in your life. So, if this is your first episode, welcome. Hey. And if not, thanks for coming back. Mm -hmm. And re or listen to the other ones and get a feel for the ones you want to try. Right. And then just try implementing these habits into your life and take, you know, two, three weeks to try to make a habit Mm -hmm. and uh, see what happens.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a fun experience, uh, experiment. Um, We don't do all of them perfectly. We would like to say, Um, but we, we do try and um, I get a lot of questions about is success money and it's not, it's
0: not. Well, we're going to talk about that in the finale. That success right. is not money. It's hard to quantify success right. with with uh, any other data point other than money because money is so tangible. It's easy. It's a dollar figure. I can give you a number. It's a number yeah. where if you're like, well, how spiritual is this person? Right. How many friends does this person have? How good of a parent is this person? Those are really hard to quantify. Yeah. So you just don't get a lot of research in that area. Right. But we're going to, in a season finale, we don't really have seasons, but in one of these episodes, <laughs> we're going to talk about success as a whole. Yes. Being like the Depok Chopra, Chopra kind of thing, the, the bigger what? whole, the seven spiritual laws of success.
1: I feel like you combined a lot of different things all right there. But anyway, anyway it's going to be it. interesting and yeah. fun and awesome. But
0: today we're talking about...
1: Uh, living within your means.
0: Right. I struggle with this one. Yes. This is a big one. I, I want the big house and the fancy stuff. Right, Right. and
1: I'm I'm just so thankful for all the little things, but I also hate talking about finances. Right, hate it.
0: So let's get into some history of um, living within your means, and then science and action plan this thing. Let's
1: do it! Woohoo! This day in history.
0: Okay, so for the history today, Mm -hmm. instead of going. From the beginning of time forward, which is something I like to do. Yep. We're just going to pick a point in time, and we're going to talk about standard of living during that time. Okay. So we are picking 1915 in America. Ooh, I
1: like 1915. This is an article
0: from The Atlantic. So 1915, you're thinking, you know, cities are on the rise, industry's on the rise, a lot of factory workers. Yeah. So actually about half of people lived in cities, and half of people lived in rural America. Okay. So you still had farmers. Right. right. and then But then you had a lot of people live, uh, living in cities, working in factories, and then doing jobs around that factory trade. Oh, right? okay. Mm-hmm. So according to a 1920 census, 85% of men over 14 were in the labor force. It's just 69% today. Over 14? Today. Uh-huh. Oh. There was no teenagers back in the day.
1: I know. You just became an adult and started working in a factory. You started factory. working. Yeah. So,
0: so back in the day, and this is to give us an idea of what our life is like now. We right. always say like, I wish my life was better or easier or... Or nicer or whatever it is. Yeah. If you compare yourself to someone in nineteen fifteen, mm-hmm. you would have been a king in mm-hmm. nineteen fifteen. Mm-hmm. Even if you are like middle of the road now. Right. Um, so anyway, so sixty nine percent of people now work over the age of sixteen, where it was eighty-five over fourteen back in nineteen fifteen. And they used to work fifty five hours a week. That was average.
1: Aww.
0: That was average. That wasn't even like the high end. Like if you right. were fifty five hours a week now, you probably work a lot. Sure. But, you, but it still happens, but it, it's about ten percent more.
1: Isn't that what you work now?
0: Um, back then. Yeah, I work 56 hours a week. So I'm about average for 1915. No big deal. Same <laughs> job conditions. Um, but anyway, and jobs were more dangerous. 30 times more dangerous. Oh. 61 people out of 100,000 workers died.
1: Holy crap.
0: Yeah. I a- just think
1: of this little 14-year-old going to work every day. Yep. Losing an arm.
0: Yeah. So, so men uh, did these more dangerous factory jobs. Women started in kind of uh, were dominant in education. Yeah. So elementary, middle, and high schools. And it was kind of sad. And this article said the main reason for this was mainly not because they're loving nature, uh-huh. um, but because they would do what a male principal would tell them to do at a lower wage.
1: Yep. Well, that's... So
0: that's the way we came from, yeah. which kind of sucks, but that's our history. Um, and then the elderly. So social security didn't exist. Okay. So elderly was looked at um, like as, as a dystopia, as a, um... a negative thing. And they... Uh, one writer wrote, it's um, haunting fear in the winter of life.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So this just, you just didn't have any security. If you didn't have your own money that right. you had saved, you go hungry, you go cold, you go poor, you know? And yeah. so um, the average, I think the the um, uh, expected, you know, the life expectancy was low, but infant mortality was low too. About one in 10 babies died, which oh. brings down the life expectancy. So right. you don't really know how long people lived on average beyond that. Right. But, you know, you're talking 40, 50 years old maybe was Jeez. was a lot. Um, Yeah. And then the average American spent one third of their income on food. Oh, wow. Yeah. So a third of your income went to food and they ate about the same amount of lard as they did chicken.
1: Oh. So they had about yeah. 11
0: pounds of lard and 14 pounds of chicken every year. Huh. So what's interesting is now Americans eat 57 pounds of chicken and just 1.5 pounds of lard. So we eat a lot less lard fat, which is animal fat, right? Right, right. But we eat a ton of chicken. And if you combine the two, even if you did calories, which a fat calorie is nine calories per gram, and a, a protein's four calories per gram, so okay. it, so fats a little bit more caloric. Uh-huh. So even if you change, you know, count for calories, we're still eating substantially more uh, chicken protein well, yeah, than before
1: and, well and um it's interesting how food has changed so significantly and gotten cheaper and how we've tried to bring down the prices of these things
0: and, and yeah and not just that but also also clothing which we'll get into um and then there's sugar intake but our sugar intake has gone way oh, up
1: insane 88 yeah, pounds to 130
0: pounds whoa that's like a one and a half times so jump gross. that's a lot of sugar intake now um and then let's, so let's talk about the the home the home was yeah. extremely crowded So our population was uh, small and big cities weren't all that big at the time. Mm -hmm. But if you went into a a normal house, Mm -hmm. it was super crowded. Um, uh, America had about one third of its current population in 1915. So a third of the people were on the planet, right? Okay. Um, And it was a lot more spread out, a lot more rural, but they averaged at least four people in a household. Okay. Um, Now we're 2.5 people. and they're tri-generational so they had like grandparents and parents and kids oh, yes, living yeah. all in the same house cuz people couldn't afford it right and there were about four times as many renters back in the day than there are now oh yeah so now it's huh. the it's about 60%
1: so this all-American dream of chicken in for dinner and having your own home is a legit Thing. Absolutely. like Absolutely. this is exactly chicken, what people a, chicken, were trying a to... chicken
0: in the pot right
1: chicken in every pot or yep. something i forget that yes
0: saying, but... so so back in the day um seventy five thousand dollars by today's dollars was about the average house price oh so houses were actually really relatively cheap uh-huh. but no one would give you loans you had to have a, like oh, a 50 yeah. percent down payment if even, if even if you could get a mortgage they right. just weren't things so like now we you get your 3% FHA, FF, FHA or 5% down.
1: Yeah, we're a credit nation yeah. now. 20
0: percent's like, whoa, we put 20% down in your house? Yeah. Back in the day, not even close. Huh. Um, yeah, so we'll go on here a little bit. Um, so school, the reason there's no teenagers, mm-hmm. 28% of American youth between the ages of 14 and 17 were in high school, just 28%.
1: And I would assume it would be because you didn't have to go work.
0: Because most family. of them went to go work, right? Because yeah. they needed income, they needed money, they needed food. Right. Um. So they went to work. But it started getting better by 1930. Forty-seven percent of this age group were in high school. Oh. So and then they talk. It. This article talks about how they, you know, developed the teenage subculture.
1: Oh, so that I see. was actually
0: pretty big for the economy too. Um. And here's here's pretty cool. So people walked everywhere, right? Yeah. You either walked. You had a horse if you were lucky.
1: Right. I would imagine it's a lot to maintain.
0: Right. Or you had a, you had trolley cars.
1: Oh, yes. In some yeah. of these
0: cities. Mm-hmm. And here's a cool little anecdote. Yeah. So the Brooklyn Grays baseball team. Okay. They were nicknamed the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers mm-hmm. in 1895 and later became the Brooklyn Dodgers because of that. Oh. In tribute to their fans who had to avoid spending or speeding trolley cars in a maze of trolley lines crisscrossing the city.
1: Oh, no kidding.
0: Yeah. Pretty crazy, huh? Oh, I
1: like them more now. Yeah.
0: Um, All right. Clothing. 13% of your income. You were spent on clothing.
1: Jeez, 13%. 13%.
0: Only 30% of people had a telephone. Less than 20% had a stove. Oh. And very few people owned a refrigerator and almost nobody owned a radio.
1: Yeah. I would
0: imagine. Yeah. So... Well, I know that
1: mothers were a big deal in educating their kids, even though factory worker age kids... And that it kind of really depended on your mother yep. and how much they emphasize that. I mean, because she's, she's cooking the lard yep. and she's reading the books yep. and all of that business. So, so standard of living
0: now is better than any other time in America, right? That's what, what the, these articles say. And we're 90 times richer. The average American is 90 times richer than some of the poorest nations. The average person is in the poorest nations. So, yeah. You, so you gotta think about when you're like, Oh, my house is not big enough. I gotta my go get a bigger house not guys. fast enough. Yeah. You know, think of that nineteen fifteen great grandfather of yours dodging trolley cars on his way to a fifty five hour work week to make a dollar, which you know, thirteen cents of that dollar went to his suit that he was wearing that day.
1: Right. You know, right. and
0: thirteen or thirty cents of that went to his food, leaving very little for anything, anything else. Anything else. So and didn't even have a radio.
1: And you know what? You need a radio at least.
0: So anyway, that's the history of standard of living in America in
1: 1915.
0: Wow. Okay. So we should we get back into now times, modern times, yeah. and talk about the science of why we should live within our means or why we feel like we don't want to live within our means?
1: Yeah. Okay. go
0: go, I do I do
1: So the surprising thing, because I do not like finances, you know that. You do all the research, you tell me what I should be doing, and then I do it, and that's where we're at. Right. Because I hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, Over the years, it has taken us, I mean, our entire marriage to be able to talk about a budget. Without a fight. Without a fight. Right. Like it. I mean, it. it that's, I think that's common. It, it's super common. I mean, it, There's a reason why um, budget and money problems are the number one thing that takes down marriages. Oh. Okay. Number one. Yeah. No matter. I mean, everything else. So. Um. But finding like sp- specifics on this thing was really ridiculous. So the only specifics on uh, percentages and incomes and all of that that I'm going to talk about is that Dave Ramsey. The Who, old
0: Dave Ramsey. He
1: also seems to push this harder than everybody else, but it is a very common thing within the finan- financial world, is that 25% of your take-home income should be a house.
0: Should be your house payment. Right. And your mortgage, your ta- tax, your escrow kind of stuff. Yeah, all those words. Okay. All, all those, those words. words. Put, all those
1: words put together. All right. Um, Outside of that, it becomes a problem. Now, I had to look up this in multiple areas to find um, very different statistics on this. So the average American, and this is the Americans because we are really bad at saving, right. um, is spending about 50 to up to 73% of their incomes on a house.
0: That's crazy. Of and your I, take-home pay. Of your take-home Cause pay. Because they take gross pay to give you that mortgage.
1: Right. And so. I think that's the kicker is that people take that that gross and then they don't realize that they're not taking all of that home. Right. And so, um, yeah. So it seems to vary quite a bit. I feel like you should be able, America, to have a solid percentage on this. But whatever, I'm not gonna yeah, judge. Okay. But um, so basically, what I'm gonna go into is financial scarcity mindset. Okay. Because financial scarcity mindset can happen in any bracket of income,
0: whether you're super poor or super rich.
1: Yep. It and every everybody in between. Uh, the big components of this. So you have. If you're stressed and have financial secu- uh, scarcity mindset where you think that you just don't, you plain old don't have enough money, um, you actually have cognitive issues. They resemble very similar to PTSD. So you have an increase in cortisol in your brain. You, it creates inflammation within your brain, and then it reduces cognitive uh, efficiency a great deal because your brain starts to try to outsource cognitive tasks and
0: outsource them to like your kidneys.
1: Well, no, different it's different parts of your brain. Different just parts of your brain, but parts of your brain that you're not really supposed to be doing. Right. It's like if the fire department called the police department and said, "Hey, take Put care of this fire. fire," and they're like, whoa, I could get a garden hose, but I have like, what are we doing here? I am not equipped for this. Crazy. Um, like,
0: so it mimics PTSD traits. Yes. That is crazy. Is that thought that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because of that increased cortisol, the brain just has that inflammation, so it really starts to affect your decision decision making ability you feel like you have a lack of control i mean it's just lots of really it's a catastrophic and it, and then it starts reflecting on itself cuz now you're not following your budget it cascades yeah and yeah and so it's it's all over the place um so i re, i like to research a lot entitlement because like um you and i had very different growing up financial situations and together we had to figure out how to have our financial situation Um, and I mean over the years entitlement's one of these things that just bugs the crap out of me I can't stand it when someone feels entitled Um, so what's interesting is the more money that you have um, or the more wins that you have depending on which study there's multiple studies that have recreated this um, specifically with a minimal amount of effort a minimal to little Effort in this. The more you expect to get, or to to, to get, keep money or continue to win.
0: So rich people, kids who don't have to work for their money, expect more money. Right. Okay. They expect
1: it, and they expect good things to happen to them. Okay. Right. Then the flip side of that is the opposite is also true. So this expectation of defeat. If you spend a lot of time losing and not having enough money, you expect that your money is you're not going to have enough money, and that you're going to continue to lose.
0: So, so you don't try.
1: Yeah. there's And so there's this this really interesting effect where you're just like, well, I'm not going to put in any effort because I'm going to lose anyway.
0: So you got one side saying, I'm going to lose anyway. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to put in any right. effort. You got one side saying, well, I'm going to win anyway. I'm not going to put in any effort. Yes. So, so middle, it's this middle really, America.
1: It's really interesting bell effect. Yeah. And then it happens on both brackets. Right. And obviously the two sides are not going to be able to communicate that right. to each other. but But that it is the same way on both sides of this income situation that's crazy yeah i just thought that thought was wild um and then focus so when money becomes the focus of your world you start neg- neglecting relationships and delights in your life currently resulting in a general lower life satisfaction
0: that's me you, that is you you 100 percent. you think about finances you think about future stuff and retirements yep. and next thing you know You are not playing with your kids and you are not talking to your wife and your satisfaction and your overall life satisfaction is way low. And then you give me the old speech that says, you know, you might be a millionaire when you retire, but no one's going to want to hang out with you. (laughs) So
1: sometimes that's a little harsher when I'm like, I hope your money keeps you you warm at night. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, really, that's how it is. You have to cultivate these relationships and what it's like to be happy now. Right. Because if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy with a bunch of money.
0: Okay. All yep. Right.
1: So, so, and, and again, I mean, really just kind of deciding what is important to you and, and trying not to have this financial scarcity mindset, which is very difficult to do. I, I do recognize that.
0: Okay. So, so financial scarcity mindset, what does the brain?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got PTSD symptoms.
1: Essentially a PTSD.
0: Okay. Yep. So, and then, so don't worry about striving for the most money. Don't worry if you have no money, like try to get in that middle ground. Like, what are we doing here? Well,
1: so, and we'll get into that in the action plan.
0: Oh, gosh, I'm skipping ahead. that's stop it. I always skip ahead. <laughs> All right, should uh, we do some coffee review then? Let's
1: do it. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong Black
0: coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's faster Wrong, i end up with a bad case of the okay so we ran into the same problem this morning as we normally do we what do problem was about that? a show a week and it takes us about two weeks to get through a bag of coffee yeah so we're still drinking fire department coffee i love it we did the review I have no of, problem we did the review of this on episode 13 which is alcohol
1: alcohol we, yeah, did, we the did the alcohol, alcohol episode one. so
0: we reviewed it then and it, it's really good it's still good it's still good yep. um so this morning, I'm going to talk about the different ways to brew coffee.
1: Oh, I would that? love to hear we'll just, about we'll that. We'll just go
0: through every little, uh, every little method. So what's your preferred method, m'lady?
1: I like... What is the thing I do with the, the pushy thing?
0: It's called the pushy thing. So you have <laughs> pushy pushy thing brew it's not it's a French press the
1: French press I like the French press the best
0: you do and we're pretty exclusive on the French press when mainly because I, you're at I home. make the
1: coffee yeah. we
0: got but we got more we got a, a ton more ways to do it and we actually have like four different types of yeah which I think is
1: ridiculous and I don't know how to do any they, of the rest of they all of them. have
0: different flavors and different tones I know you they say this but brews. then but
1: then there's like 16 steps with each one I
0: know we'll go we'll, we'll go through it you ready? and I got
1: the French press down. so,
0: so the first one and yeah. I'm going to buy one of these without telling you because they're expensive the espresso machine
1: oh i can see how people get behind that yeah. yeah
0: i mean it's, it's what you get in the is coffee is it a bar. pretty machine yeah oh they're beautiful they're well, they're usually I... italian made yeah they're a big design deal design made in china but I'm i mean fine. still um so anyway so an espresso brews um like an espresso uh grind coffee at a very high pressure like nine bars of pressure okay don't worry about the, the bars. Yeah, but anyway, really so that. it extracts a lot of the flavor. That's why I like a real espresso has that like um, that thicker, real rich flavor. Right. You know, that buttery, they, they describe it as a buttery flavor. Okay. That's what espresso is because it's pulling, extracting so much of that that oil out of the coffee bean. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where it, where it's at. Um, and those, But those are expensive. And you can kind of do a stovetop one, which is a maca pot. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's M-O-K-A. Someone please tell me if I'm mocha? mispronouncing. I thought it was Moka pot. because Could be Moka pot. Anyway, um, but your Moka pot is like a, a stovetop espresso, but it doesn't really brew it at nine bars of pressure, so it's Didn't not a you true espresso. did buy a
1: cheap version and of it, this, and yeah, it was and it awful? Yeah, like, and
0: like leached the, the steel into the coffee, and it was, it was just awful. terrible. We, yeah. we tested it with other ones. Anyway, um, but yeah, so the Moka pot is a, the next kind of brewing method. Get a real one. I will, and yeah. it, it, it produces a, a really rich coffee we'll put it that way not okay. an espresso but but a very caffeinated thick coffee sometimes it can be a little bit bitter and that's the one that's the pot that you put on the stovetop that's like octagonal shape you yeah, know everybody it, like, knows what they look it. like and they yeah. go oh yeah i've seen those it's a bialetti pot is the name brand okay. um, for that so that's another way to do it. Aeropress. We have an Aeropress. We do
1: have an Aeropress. Those I've you never don't, used it personally. Those you
0: don't have an Aeropress, you should really try it. It produces a low acidity, higher bar pressure coffee than like a drip coffee. Mm-hmm. It's a little richer than a regular coffee. I um, do like
1: the taste of it when you do yeah. that. And, and yeah, and it tastes
0: really good. It's always like in a blind taste test. It's always scoring super high on the taste of coffee. Right. They've got a whole world championship competition for it. No way. Oh, How yeah. did we
1: get you in that?
0: Oh, I'm not even close. I'm, I'm like an amateur at best.
1: Do you have to Tom Cruise it where you, like, spin things around in the air and, like, you dance? T- du, 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 du,
0: You're talking about du, 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 um, du, 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 Top Gun?
1: Not Top Gun. You're talking about Cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah, yeah, that's the one.
0: Going like, I don't know my Tom Cruise movies.
1: <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> There's right. a new Top Gun coming out, apparently.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I am i don't know if I'm for it or not. Like, <laughs> when they redid Point Break. Anyway, we'll back on here. French <laughs> Press, your, your favorite. French Press, right? That's my Pretty jam. Easy. Then they have a soft brew, which is like an old, like a teapot. With a filter system in it, you know, like our old teapot. Oh tea pot we yes, had? yeah, yeah. So you can do that. Um, it's like a French press, but easier because you don't have to press it. I guess we don't have a, a soft a soft tea or a soft coffee pot.
1: Mm-mm, we don't. So
0: then you have coffee bags. You just boil water yep. and you put the bag of coffee in there. This I article like those for- this article has a frowny face. Whoa! They're Do thrown
1: down, but that's well, the best for like camping or backpacking. Or sure,
0: we kind of like go it in there, like and, a Folgers packet kind of thing. Ugh, I bet you Starbucks. You can get has Starbucks. Well, but Starbucks has instant. That's an instant coffee. Oh, it is. So the coffee bag, it it, it kind of does the same thing where it brews oh. the coffee and then it filters through the bag. Mm-hmm. Well, what that is, that's that's actually um, instant coffee. The stuff oh. from Starbucks. Oh, you so, know that? Yeah, hmm. but anyway, the vacuum pot. You got a vacuum pot, which is called, a, it's like a siphon. It's like a super complicated way to do it. Oh, okay. It, it's like a, it looks like a beaker and a, a Bunsen burner from your is, chemistry lab in high what, school.
1: What is it with like coffee brewers and you have to have like a science degree to make coffee? Like that's why I stay with the French press. I know. I keep it simple.
0: I know. Um, and then we'll go to two more. So, oh, three more. The percolator. Percolita. like the coffee pot you put it in there mm. it's like the camp stove one you have the camp, camping one too Percolita. you put the coffee beans in the top and it, it boils yeah. the water through it that's, yeah. a, that's a percolator this gave it a frowny face too I know plenty Why? of people who percolate and they love it <laughs> it can produce a really strong <laughs> cup of coffee and you can do it while camping
1: maybe I have positive uh, association with it from camping yeah maybe
0: yeah and then you have pour over techniques like a Chemex or a typical pour over oh. like if you've ever been to like a coffee shop and they don't have your coffee ready They'll just do a pour over. That's just where you pour the hot water directly over the coffee beans, which is like a drip coffee, like a coffee machine, right? Right. So that's it. Then you got uh, cold brew. Oh. Cold brew is where you take the coffee beans in cold water. You let it steep for like 12 to 24 hours and then you filter out the coffee beans. Uh huh. Real low acidity, real concentrated coffee. And you can either add hot water or hot milk or whatever to make it hot, or you can put oh. it in ice to make an ice coffee. Yeah. Or you can infuse it with nitrogen, with nitrous oxide. Okay. To like, or ni- yeah, nitrous oxide. Yeah. To uh, give it that like foam head beer kind of scent feel. What? It's the new thing. Everybody's loving it. It brings out a lot of flavors oh. for a cold brew nitrous I am blend.
1: shocked that you haven't gotten yourself a can of nitrous I know. and like started oh, I, this thing. Oh,
0: trust me. I looked. <laughs> I looked into it. But anyway, so that, those are those are the different ways. And then you got the cowboy style, which is just eating coffee beans raw because you're, you're out on the range.
1: That is not a thing. I think it's a thing. Is it really?
0: I think so. Like, I
1: feel like I could do that. I feel like i be totally fine.
0: You it in a pot with your, with your cowboy hat. So anyway, so those there's all the different <laughs> things. Uh, maybe you should do a graphic... On somewhere to see, like, what style of brewing method do you prefer? And they could do a question mark and do, like, pictures and all that cool stuff.
1: Okay, I can, I can do it. You want to get behind I would, lo- I would love to know how people actually brew their coffee.
0: Yeah, and see where Cause we're Because, like,
1: at. French press is a relatively new thing for us, and I love it.
0: French press is relatively new? Well, for me... Ten years. You've been French pressing for ten years. I have
1: not... Maybe you have, but me personally learning how to do that and go through the 16 steps that took me. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. You've been drinking French press coffee yeah. since you've known me.
1: Yeah. But me learning years, how whatever. to do it.
0: But you learning how to do it. Is yeah. New. Yeah. Because then Are I you, got tired of- You know what made me mad? What? You produce a better cup of coffee than I do.
1: I really do. Hands
0: down. Every time. I don't know what you do. We do the same thing. We filter the water. We time the, we, we mm-hmm. time the temperature of the kettle. Like everything is the same. And you're just like significantly better. It's a love. Like, oh, it's a little bit better. It's significantly better every morning. That's a love. All right. Sorry, tangent. Let's get back <laughs> to staying within your means. Yep. And then uh, action plan this. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. All right. take Take us through the action plan. Tell us how to live within our means. Okay. So we don't get this PSD, PTSD. The PSD. The PSD. It's it's like PTSD, but it's just it's just not as severe.
1: <laughs> it's Low level. Um, okay. So first step is to know what your financial priorities are and why.
0: Okay. So a, a self assessment and a goal chart.
1: Yes, essentially. I what I would want is for you to either create a vision board or write them in a place that you see a lot.
0: Like from the secret.
1: Yeah, from the secret. The and that the, works. Well, so the, it's less... Okay, so there's mixed secret. I actually views think it does the work. But see, what it is, is you're keeping your goals in mind um, every single day. Right. Because you're taking a glance at your...
0: So it doesn't have to be like a board. You can write them down if that works for you, right?
1: Yeah, you can write them down. Like I have a calendar in my closet. Right. That is where I would put them. Okay. I would not...
0: So vision board doesn't have to be like... Cut out magazine Cut features. out magazine articles. But it's just nope. what your goals are, and then you have to reaffirm what those goals are and remind yourself all the time.
1: But But so now here's the kicker, though, because... Um, like you are logic and I'm emotion, right? Um, it's really hard to get you on the emotional path and it's really hard to get me on the logic path when it comes to finances. Right. Um, so like you have specific financial goals for us. Right. I, if you, if you ask me right now, how much... You, how much we wanted in savings, right? Um, I could not tell you right? because uh, I don't care. What I care is about the emotional aspects of that and what we're going to do with that and what's going to make us secure when we get older. right? Okay. Um. So that is my part of that. And you, what you've done better lately is finding that emotional reason that you want that specific number.
0: So like I, when I'm old, I want to have enough money to take like all the kids and all the grandkids on like a fun Disney World trip. Right. And it's going to cost like 50 grand to do something like that ridiculous. Right. Well, I got to realize that if I don't have fun with my kids right now and I don't do fun things with them today, they're not going to want to go with me to Disneyland when I'm old and have all the money to go. Right. So I've got to balance doing fun things and having a good time with my family now, so that when we are old, we can do those things not only financially, right. but emotionally as well.
1: Right. And okay. so and so that's that's just it. You have your number, you have your reasons for your number, and then you have the emotional aspect of why you want that number. Okay. okay. Um, you need to talk to your financial partner... That's me. My,
0: oh, not my advisor?
1: Nope. Not your advisor. Well, that too. Uh, you probably should. But like whoever is going to be affecting your budget. Right. Um, and, and I'm the one affecting the budget because I love Target. So, um so making rules and expectations and just a generalized plan. Okay. So like and, and understanding the emotional aspects of this. Like like I like to have a case of tuna in our dry storage.
0: In case of the earthquake.
1: Yeah, in case of the earthquake. <laughs>
0: Because one can of dry tuna, it's going to get gonna... us through the apocalypse. It's
1: a case, Sonny. Oh, one case, It's sorry. a case. No, but in, in all seriousness, that makes me feel better. So sure. I'm going to have that in there. Sure. Right? And so understanding each other's situations and emotional aspects and being able to have that conversation is really, really important. And literally, it took us 12, 13 years to yep. be able to have that conversation without totally losing our crap on each other. So right. um You'll, at some point, you'll figure out how to talk to your spouse, guys. Thumbs up. Um, and then we want to reduce the stress um, with finances specifically, but also the other the the other elements in our world. So again, with self-care and all that good stuff. But um, try to make your finances as autopilot as possible. Okay. So like the automatic withdrawals. and
0: We do all auto withdrawals. Yeah. And I know it's hard if you're living really tight. If you're living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. Right. And you're letting bills lapse. It's impossible to do. But if you can just get yourself like one month ahead, which is, which is rough, I know for a lot yeah. of people, but if you give yourself one month ahead and then auto pay everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the last time I wrote a check or had to go online to pay a bill other than like a medical bill.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah. And well, and you should really narrow it down to, I take care of my bills on Monday afternoons. If
0: you're going to do that. Okay. Yep.
1: And so like, if you, if you have to not auto pay, if you have to think about it and go through like medical bills, right? um, you sit down at a very specific time, maybe you set it up with a nice cup of coffee or something right. um, to try to make it a little less stressful and um, and just try to get through it. The idea behind this is to reduce that cortisol.
0: So so essentially living within your means with what you currently have, like yeah. dealing with all the financial stresses now mm-hmm. is essentially reducing your stress. So whatever yeah. it takes to reduce your stress, in your finances now. So you can think about it, you can like sell stuff and not have that, that payment, right? Right. Or you can figure out a way to to put it on autopilot, like auto pay, or mm-hmm. doing it just one day of the month and just getting it done. Yep. Whatever that is, just whatever you, you decide to do to reduce that stress.
1: Yes. Okay. Exactly. And you want to have a reassessment date. Like at the end of the month, we always talk about finances. Right. That's just a conversation that's going to happen. Right. Um, you just want to reassess it on a regular basis to make sure that everything is good to go and you weren't like double charged or whatever. Right. Um, do things that are enjoyable, motivating and create excitement now. Okay. So sometimes when we get into like financial stability stuff. Right. It talks about like getting rid of all of the things. Right. And like right. Um, I, I do not recommend that because then cortisol goes up. Now your over overindulgence absolutely right. i agree maybe go to the library to get movies instead of having sure hbo or something but um but trying to find creative ways to still do the things that you enjoy right while utilizing what you have like you have an outside i'm assuming you yeah. can go for a walk instead right. um like we're doing the no television unless we're all together um yep. that has been a huge thing yep. so doing things that you enjoy and that are exciting to you still right um is, is important in and, this
0: piece. And, and probably recognizing that the hedonic treadmill is very real. That when you're oh, sad yeah. and you buy something to fill a void, mm-hmm. it, it never fills that void. So yeah. just know when you buy that bigger house, that house will get boring. That house will be hard to clean. You'll hate yeah. that house. That, that new car is cool to drive. But at the end of the day, it's just a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. Right. Unless it adds value. And that's my new thing lately is, is I purchase things that add mm-hmm. value to my life. My, my money creates experiences for my life. Right. So does this house, the small house that we live in now, yeah. does that enhance my life less than a big house? And I look at it and I say, no, the only thing the big house does is give me an ego boost. Sure. Let's me know. Now, for if you're... a
1: while, for a while. So you get used to it. So you get used to yep. it.
0: And and maybe you need a, a nicer house or whatever because you want to live in a certain area. I get that. Maybe mm-hmm. the schools are better and the, the the neighborhoods safer. That's fine. But just to do it just because you want something bigger and nicer, you, you always hate it. Or not hate it, but you always um, that wears off very yeah, quickly. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. it's just
1: like anything else. So um yeah. And then uh, the last thing is to start working on your social and happiness happiness goals now. To find your current happy, because it's that same principle again, where you need to find your happy now so that you can be happy later. There are plenty of people who are incredibly poor, inc- who are living on like dried beans or whatever, who are who are incredibly poor, but their home has the most love that anyone else in the world could even possibly imagine. Right. So, um, it's really finding your happiness and what you can find within your little your little world, because when you have more money, it, there is stability in that. And I do recognize that, that money is one of these things that can get you things and make life quote unquote better. But when it comes down to like actual satisfaction within your life, money cannot do that for
0: you. Right. Okay. So, so, so maybe you can strive for more money, work hard, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, but don't strive to work hard, make more money so you can have nicer things. No. Nope. Because that won't make you any happier. Nope. And it's shown over and over and over again. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, go out there, do a self-assessment, make yourself happy. Create some
1: sort of vision board or goal thing.
0: For, for, for your future finances. Yep. But then also um, try to lower your cortisol on your current finances as well. Yep. Okay. And build a better you.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks, <laughs> guys.